there, everybody. Welcome back to the Betting Pros Podcast brought to you by BetMGM. I'm your host, Dan Harris. Find me on Twitter at DanHarris80. It is entering week 14. It is time to take an early look at the NFL lines for this weekend. With me to do that is Joe Pizzapia from Betting Pros right here. Find him on Twitter at what? Joe Pizzapia17? Is that right? I've only done 17,000 podcasts with you. I should know your Twitter handle. But anyway, welcome, Joe. How are, are you riding insanely high after that grotesque Patriots win last night? It was a game of chess last night, Danny boy. It was a game of chess in the wind. And I don't know about you, but when I play chess in the wind, I always like to have Bill Belichick with me right next to me. And uh, yeah, you know, two out of three ain't bad is that old meatloaf song. And that was pretty much Mac Jones's stat line last night. Two out of three passes. And uh, that was good enough. Some very good defense at the end. Next man up there after Adrian Phillips uh, comes off the field. And what a great play by a backup uh, (laughs) defensive back there to kind of save the game at the end. So uh, certainly not a, a high-scoring affair, but uh, if you love old-timey defense football, then you uh, enjoyed it. And if you're a Patriots fan like me, you definitely enjoyed it. I apparently engaged in hyperbole too much because when my wife asked, oh, wh- how was the game? I was like, it was the most amazing game I'd ever seen. Like, not in a, not in a great way, but just in a, you, you don't see a quarterback attempt three passes. And she basically says, I say that like one out of every three or four games. So I need to tone it down because that really was something where you're not going to see that again. You know, absent. uh, There will be more passes in the third and fourth grade flag football teams that I coach in January when that league starts up the third and fourth graders. There will be more passing than there was in this game. Absolutely nuts, but enjoyable game to watch nonetheless. Uh, All right, let's get into it, Joe. We got a lot of lines to talk about, a lot of good stuff coming in. But first, let me give the latest offer from BetMGM. New customers with the code JUICE100 can bet $10 and win $200 if your team that you bet on scores a touchdown. That's it. $10, win $200 in free bets if the team you bet on scores a touchdown. That is available in New Jersey, Colorado, Indiana, West Virginia, Tennessee, Pennsylvania, Michigan, Virginia, Iowa, Washington, D.C., Arizona, and Wyoming. Let's go to Thursday game, Joe. Let's start it there. The Steelers are visiting the Vikings. The Vikings are laying three points here, and the total is 44 and a half. Steelers off the big win here over the Ravens, which you and I were just talking about as investors in Lamar Jackson for our MVP. Um, and the Vikings, you know, they give the Lions their first win. They lose Adam Thielen. So they are favored, though, here. And it is, I will say, again, the consensus line is three, Joe, but it is three and a half in a lot of books here. So how are you feeling about this one? Yeah, well, I mean, look, this is the bare minimum, right? Whenever you have a home team you don't believe in, you just kind of throw the three on them. That's what Vegas does, typically. And I, I got to be honest with you. I mean, this is the the journey of the Viking season, where they're in every game. Every game is close. Every game they have a lead. The games they lose, they blow the lead. And in this one, it would not shock me whatsoever to get back to Minnesota here in this one and have them get a W against the Steelers, who have not yep. played great football, who seem very sluggish, who should not have won in my opinion, against the Baltimore Ravens. Baltimore Ravens got a little too big for their britches in that last game. So I actually like the Minnesota side of this game uh, to win. And I think that they still got plenty of weapons here. Justin Jefferson plays out of his mind. They've still got Osborne. They've still got Conklin. They've still got Madison. All are very useful. It's whether or not that defense can show up enough here. And really at this stage, how much is left in the tank for the running game of the Pittsburgh Steelers? So in my opinion, I actually would lean towards Minnesota in this one in the minus three because I feel like This is exactly what it is to bet Minnesota. Every time you think it's done, oh, they just lost to the Lions. Oh, well, I can't bet them anymore or I'm going to go against them. No, it's the opposite. So just continue with that trend because that's who they've been all season long, Dan. But what do you think about them? And what do you think about this 44 and a half? 
I like the over a little bit, Joe. I do think that the uh, Steelers, when they went to a little bit of the no huddle in the second half, they were able to move the ball a little more effectively, just sort of get it out quickly. Dante Johnson obviously had a big game. So I do think that there are going to be points in this game. The Steelers' defense has shown a lot of cracks. They've been dealing with injuries. So I think both teams can put up points here. I don't mind the over. I don't really have a great feel for the spread as I look at this. This, I guess, feels about right, but you're correct. The Vikings are always going to play a very close game here. And the Steelers coming off that win, you feel like there could easily be a letdown spot right here. And the Vikings, every time you basically want to be out on the Vikings, that's when they come through, right? So I think for me, Joe, it's a stay away here on the side. Just, you know, three points. But on the total, I like the over. I am wondering, though, Joe, if it's three and a half, as it is at our sponsor, BetMGM, FanDuel, it's three. But at three and a half, do you does that change how you feel about it one way or another? It does with the half. I think with, with the, the hook, hook, then you start to look a little bit on Pittsburgh to cover there because it probably will be a little bit, you know, it's going to be in that range at least. Uh, but look, at this point in time on the short week too, whenever you have to travel, that's always hard. It's, yeah. you know, a very emotional game. And what we've learned, too, is when these teams have these big emotional rivalry games in their division, they come out flat the next week and to come yeah. out flat a couple days later is not going to be a surprise. Look at Cincinnati last week. That's a game yeah. that you and I talked about. They, they're going to come out flat. They came out flat and they got their doors blown off by the Chargers, basically. So I see that same kind of thing happening here to Pittsburgh because Pittsburgh just ekes out wins anyway. And yeah. with the Minnesota Vikings, it's just this is the trend of this team this year until further notice. And this is the perfect time to get in on it because I think everybody will be pounding the Steelers side of this game. Yeah, I, I do expect that. I expect more people to come in on the Steelers, which is why I'm a little surprised. Again, this is one of those where it looks like the books are completely fine with you taking the Steelers in this one. And that does make me a little nervous. So, Joe, have you looked? I know what we talk about when we do this show together, because it's probably the third time we've done it, which is we come in fresh. Like, we don't look at the lines whatsoever before we start. Have you looked at any of the lines before we Not start Not a this? single line, my friend. I'm going to no ask lines. you. I'm going to ask you something. Okay. I, there's no wrong answer here. What do you expect with the Ravens coming off that loss and obviously now, you know, losing Marlon Humphreys for the season? Ravens visiting uh, the Browns. What would you expect the spread to be in that game? Uh, because no wrong it's, answer. It, it's, it's in Cleveland. I would expect Cleveland to be favored by th- not by the full three. That's what I would think. So it's probably Very two good. and a half or two, right? It is two and a half. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it is two and a half. The total is a low 42 and a half. So again, the Ravens here, they just look out of sort, you know, uh, they don't look, they don't have everything working. They're still eight and four. Obviously they're leading the division. The Browns, you know, Baker looks like his body is holding on by a thread at this point. They are coming off the bye, So maybe a little healthier. What do you think, Joe? Under the three, you had it right. It's it's two at, at uh, DraftKings, where I bet, but it's pretty much two and a half everywhere else in the low total, 42 and a half. Uh, well, now that I'm going to look at it right here and I see the money line is plus 115 on Baltimore, I think that is your best bet right there. And yeah. I see 83% of the bets have already come on that side of that. So that tells you a lot right there. <laughs> um, and I don't think that the Baltimore Ravens anticipated how much they were going to miss Matthew Judon in that pass rush. And I think that's yeah. the one thing that you're not seeing. This team's not getting to the quarterback. And that's a bad combination because when you lose Marlon Humphrey, right, who plays so well in the secondary, then you lose a good corner. And then at the same time, you're not getting to the cornerback. That's a bad situation. Now, the good news is Cleveland can't throw the ball. So that is the saving grace here in this particular game, which is why I prefer just an outright win for Baltimore here. Like, forget the spreads, forget everything. Take the plus 115 on the money line. That's going to be their best bet here, I think, in any of these because – 
Baltimore should have won that game. Baltimore is a, I still think, a better team than the Cleveland Browns. Now, we'll see if Cleveland Browns can get, you know, Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt in that duo working again. And if they can, this game is going to be very tight. But these tight in-division games are typically ones I stay away from. I would rather just pick a side rather than Mm -hmm. mess around with anything else. And I think picking the side of the Baltimore Ravens is what I would do because they have that one difference maker guy in Lamar Jackson who could just take over a game. And I think that ends up becoming the difference in this one. What do you think, Dan? Yeah, I like the Ravens. Um, I do. I think that the loss of Humphrey is big, but not as much in this game, right, as you mentioned, because they don't really, you know, the passing game is not really, you know, you don't rely on the dominant wide receiver or anything like that. They're going to run the ball. They're going to run it a ton. And they are off the bye, and the Ravens are probably going to be a little tired, but they're also going to be pissed. They're going to be <laughs> pissed off at losing that game. Um, and I am going to take the two and a half, by the way. I mean, the money line is fine. But again, you see right now, a lot of these games, I was watching it last night, and I was on the 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 uh, Bills laying two and a half yesterday. And I remember thinking um, that, you know, oh, man, you know, if Bass hits that first field goal, the one that went up and then just sort of, you know, leaked to the right, uh, that it was like, this is going to be a two point game because half the, you know, so many of these games right now, especially with the way the Ravens go for two, like the two and a half. It's more meaningful to me than it used to be, where it's just like, all right, you're under a field goal, like, I, you know, whatever. But like a lot of games at this point, I feel like fall within the two or something like that, or even the one. So I'll probably be a coward and take the two and a <laughs> half right now. But I do think that the Ravens went out right. So I don't have any problem with necessarily the uh, the money line bet. Um, what do you think about the total, Joe? It's 42 and a half. That's low. But, you know, neither one of these teams is exactly piling up the points. They're going to run a ton. Yeah, look, it, this one's a really tough one to gauge because last time the total was in this game was, you know, very <laughs> underwhelming. Sure. And then last year it was out of this world, right? They hit like 65, I think, last yeah. year. And that mm-hmm. giant, was it the Sunday night or Monday night game, whatever it was last year that they played together. So I'm out on the total because there's so many outcomes between these offenses. You just don't know what you're going to see if these guys are breaking off big plays like yeah. Chubb and Hunt or Lamar. That changes the dynamic quite a bit or... Look, if anything, I would lean towards the under because of what Baker Mayfield has been unable to do in the passing game and his health. And yep. we'll see what happens when they come out of the bye, if that rest time has any any help whatsoever to him. But I don't know. At this point in time, to me, like I said, I think the best money you're getting is that plus money on the money line with the Ravens. So I wouldn't even screw around with anything else. Game only a mother could love. The Falcons visiting the Panthers. The Panthers are laying three and the total at 43 and a half. Sounds like Cam is still going to be the starter, which does make sense. I mean, putting aside that terrible game, Falcons, you know, they fight. I'll give that uh, to the Falcons there. They fight Panthers off a bye. Both teams sort of still in the playoff hunt at five and seven. So this is kind of a make or break game for both of them. Again, Panthers at home off the bye, laying three, small total, 43 and a half. Yeah, it's a very small total. Um, And I really like the Carolina defense. I still do. And it's just a matter of how much offense you're going to get from Cam Newton. So we had a uh, two plays in one game, then he had a good game, and then he had a wretched game. So does he have more time with the playbook, more time to practice, more time to figure things out? Theoretically, yes. And you have a lesser opponent here in the Falcons, in my opinion. So I think the Carolina defense probably gets a touchdown or at least puts them in position for a touchdown in this game. And I think that, to me, is the big difference maker. So the three on the side of the Carolina Panthers is where I would lean in this game. Uh, the 43 and a half seems about right to me, yeah. though. That's why I don't care for the over-under in this game. So I would just take Carolina with the three because I do think that they can probably, you know, end up with something looking like a 27-20 kind of game in this one. And that would go over. But once again, you know, we could also see Atlanta score, you know, 13 in this game. And all of a sudden, not nearly as exciting of an over. 
Yeah, I do lean a little bit towards the under just because, I mean, basically, why would, you know, the 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 word is that Brady was fired because he didn't run the ball enough. And, you know, I feel like you've got Cam and you've got Hubbard, and I just think they're going to run the ball nonstop. They're not going to want to put this in Cam's hands here to try to make something happen. That's going to lean itself towards the under a little bit as the clock continues to wind. And I don't really have faith that the Falcons are going to be able to put up a ton of points here against a rested and angry Panthers defense. So I lean the under. I'm not going to back either side on this one. It's just to stay away in a divisional game with Cam coming off, you know, a game that made, you know, Mac Jones look like, you know, the, the greatest passer in the world. Um, so I'm I'm staying away from that Cam Newton. What do you uh, think of the, the Joe Brady firing, by the way? Curious. Where did I what? What do you think about the Joe Brady situation there? Too? I don't know, man. Like it was very puzzling to me. Like, it was. Yeah, I, I was surprised. You got to blame somebody, I think. Right. Like, you know, you the Panthers are all in on this year. Like, that's a thing. Like when they traded for Gilmore and they, you know, they they make signings every single time they've got anything. They've been all in. And the bottom line is, I don't really know what you can expect to do when your greatest offensive asset in Christian McCaffrey misses the entire game. Mm-hmm. And you have a poo-poo platter of revolving quarterbacks. Like I, <laughs> Sam Darnold played very well right. in the first few games. And I think that tricked them into thinking that Sam Darnold was the answer. And I think you and I probably, you live in Jersey. I am a Jets fan. <laughs> you probably understood that he wasn't. So I, I think it uh, seems a little strange to me to fire him midseason. But they really do seem like a team that had playoff aspirations, which they did, of course. And I have a, a sprinkle on them to make the playoffs. Um and uh, they just got they got to blame somebody, man. So that's it. He's what did have you a college think? coaching job in about two seconds. Yeah, I'm sure. sure. So. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jaguars visiting the Titans. The Titans are laying nine and a half total 44. Uh, let's see. Let's bring this one up. The Titans. Eh? Hmm. Well, this is a game. If you're the Titans, you kind of win this and you control your destiny. No matter how many injuries you've had. Uh, nine and a half seems like a big number for an offense. That's this gross at this point in time. I know they're talking about getting Julio Jones back. Um, I just, I just, look, the Titans should win this game. I'm sure the Titans will win this game. Nine and a half just seems like a really big number for this offense right now. So I would actually yeah. lean to the Jacksonville side of this. The, they take the points with the nine and a half just because, and it's, it's not because I have any confidence in Jacksonville whatsoever, but it just feels as though the Tennessee Titans offense right now is not equipped for that kind of a, a spread. That's, yeah. that's my, my problem here. It's actually eight and a half for you, Joe, at FanDuel. Um, it's nine and a half everywhere else. So FanDuel's sort of uh, drawn a line and said, yeah, nine and a half. I agree. I like the Jaguars as well, which is it's the first time, Joe, that I think I've said I'm willing to back the Jaguars this right now. And again, yeah, Julio's been designated to return from injured reserve. That doesn't mean he's going to play this weekend, right. but it does mean that he has 21 days and it's a good sign for his availability. And yeah, this is a game. The Titans need to win this game. Like, I mean, there's no doubt about it at this point. We're joking about the the Colts and what they were to win the division, right? At this point, uh, they're out. What was it, Joe? Seventy to one. Yeah, it was seventy to one for the Colts. Now, look, if if Jacksonville somehow pulls off a huge yeah. upset here against Tennessee, things become yeah. very dicey very quickly. It's yeah. fascinating that eighty percent of the money is on the Tennessee side of this game early on. That why? is something. That, why? I'm sure the sharp, I'm sure the Lazy, sharps haven't hit it yet, right? This late, is just the no, public. they haven't. But I'm saying that it's the lazy of the general public just of looking at saying Titans Jaguars. Of course, and I think that's exactly why you take this nine and a half when you got it's it. It's going to be a pros Joe's game, man. Like mm-hmm. it, it really is, right? I think people are going to be like the Titans that you know they're coming off the bye. They're going to get things right, and they are extremely well coached. And the Jaguars are a dumpster fire. But <laughs> I, that the Titans actually, I lean the under as well, Joe, because I I do think that. The, the Titans are going to do in this game is they're not going to take chances. They're going to, you know, relax. There's going to be a lot of, you know, Deonta Foreman. There's going to be a lot of Dontrell Hilliard, maybe some Julio Jones, but they're going to take their spots. Because, again, 
without Julio Jones, even with him, man, like, you know, he's been battling injury. Again, what are you looking at other than that? Nick Westbrook, Akina, right? That's your guy. Yeah. I, it's just 2013 they, gets this done for us. Yeah, I, I, I you lean know, the under here at, at 44. And again, unders are disgusting, but I'm willing to be. <laughs> Especially disgusting. unders on 44. Correct. <laughs> It's really gross. Uh, Saints visiting the Jets. The Saints are laying just a dead number here at five and a half. Another low, a lot of low totals this week, Joe. Uh, 43 and a half here for this one. So what do you There's think? There's a lot of low totals last week, too. And I think it's also indicative of the quarterback play you're getting, too. You're getting a lot of backup quarterbacks, secondary quarterbacks. So, you know, when that starts to happen. And you're also getting that point in the year, too, where it's going to change in the next few weeks when defenses start checking out. And all of a sudden, these totals are going to get obliterated because... Right. Teams are going to just say, oh, what time's my plane reservation? Oh, yes, I'm, you know, I'm out of here. In a, in a it's also co- it's also cold. Like, it, it's something where, sure. you know, I think teams get a little more conservative and they run the ball a little bit, a little more smash. Yeah, but this up. this is going to flip in two weeks considerably. So when okay. you're looking at these low numbers now, when you get to week 17 and 18, look for overs. Even on games, you don't think it's going to be an over because, like I said, defenses just kind of start to fold up the tents. And nobody wants to get hit for no reason and get hurt when they've got contracts coming up and things of that nature. Um, New Orleans should win this one in a walk. uh, And defensively, certainly they match up. It's funny because, you know, the Jets, for some reason, feel more competitive when Zach Wilson's not playing quarterback for me. But I got to give him credit. He did have a win a couple weeks ago. was not a good game against the Eagles this past week. I mean, over the Uh, Texans, Joe. I know. It's still, he got a W. You beat the Titans. You beat the Texans. I I, I also, like, I'm not saying anything bad about Zach Wilson. He has not played well, um, certainly in the the second part of the season. But I want to make it clear, like, I'm not drawing any conclusions on him long term yet. Uh, They need a better team around them. But. Yeah, it's really hard to have any confidence in him, Joe. Against uh, against think, a semblance of a decent defense. Well, I just think the New Orleans roster right now overmatches them, and New Orleans yes. has a lot of problems. Granted, but the biggest problem they have is in the coverage, and that's something that the Jets are not a prolific passing team. So uh, to me, it's that five and a half is pretty safe with New Orleans. I'm actually surprised; only fifty six percent of the money early on has gone to the New Orleans side of this game at the five yeah. and a half. That is yeah. actually a little surprising to me. Yeah, I I don't know, man. Like, it's probably just a game I want to stay away from. I could see the Jets. I mean, the Saints are really not playing like a very good football team here, Joe. They're, you know, and Hill, obviously, is the quarterback. He can run. They should just run him, you know, in the Wildcat every play. That That's all. The, unless Kamara comes back here, which, again, we have question marks about. But they should just run him every play, and they could probably put up a touchdown on, you know, 75% of their drives just doing that without throwing the ball at all, a little Mac Jones style. But um, it's really... As, as sort of mediocre as the Saints have been of late, it's really difficult to see them off the mini-buy here coming on Thursday. Needing a win again, 5-7, and seven, it puts you in contention for that seventh playoff spot right now. We were just talking about it with the Falcons and the Panthers. They need this win. They're going to come out. They're going to play angry. They're going to play hard. It's just going to – it's tough to see the Jets keeping it close at the same time. Just this dead number. Matt Peralta always says, like, when it's five and a half, four and a half, five and a half, books are just kind of throwing up their hands. being like, well, I don't really know what we're doing right now. So I'll probably <laughs> stay away from it entirely. This next one, though, Joe, find myself intrigued by as I just took a look at it as I looked ahead to our next game. The Raiders are visiting the Chiefs. The Chiefs have won, what, five in a row, I think? Uh, nine and a half they are laying to the Raiders. The total is pretty high, 48 and a half. What's your gut reaction to this one, Joe? Is that about right to you, nine and a half? Uh, you know what? It's the nine and a half is correct for the Chiefs of yesteryear. For the Chiefs of this year, it's a little puzzling, but it feels like something that they could handle. My initial gut reaction is the under though in the forty eight and a half because 
they just haven't looked great. And the hard part is because now we're going to go back and look a couple weeks ago and how Patrick Mahomes absolutely dismantled this team, right? Remember, he threw right. 400 yards against them yeah. a few weeks ago. So I think that's why you're seeing this nine and a half, and that's why that's you're point. seeing all of this confidence in Patrick Mahomes all of a sudden after. It's not even Patrick Mahomes. It's really the the offense as a unit altogether. And he says it in the press conference, too. You saw him uh, this past week. It's like, yeah, we won, but we're still, you know, missing yeah. opportunities. And they are. Yes. And the offensive line still has not really gelled together yet. And it's week 14. So if it hasn't gelled yet, I don't know what we're waiting for at this point. This was the high point in their season, though, playing the Raiders. It's can you do it twice? And honestly, the way that the the way that Kansas City defense has played this year, I think the safest thing to do is just bet the under here in the 48 and a half because there's two two things going in your favor. Number one is the Las Vegas offense, right? Darren Waller's injured. You just lost Kenny and Drake. They're kind of falling mm-hmm. apart here at the end, I think. They're really, yeah. they, they're kind of like paced together with glue and all kinds of things. And they're just like glue sticks, not even real Elmer's glue, like glue sticks. You just <laughs> peel them right apart. And then the other thing is the Kansas City defense, which over the last month or so has played significantly better. You put those two things together, and I think you get the under in this game in the 48 and a half. That's what I would go to, and I would not mess around with the nine at all. <laughs> I'm going to die here while I'm coughing. Um, Joe, I think I like both the under and the Raiders. I, you know, I it's scary. Okay. I agree. Um, The Chiefs are content, as they should be right now, because their defense has played so much better of late. They are content to rely on their defense, which, again, I think we just talked about that. That leads us towards the under, both of us. But their offense right now, Joe, as much as they did that against the Raiders, like right now they just do not look – they almost don't look interested necessarily in even putting up these giant points, right? They look interested in avoiding taking these too many chances and just playing conservatively and not pushing it. And, you know, Mahomes also still doesn't look like Mahomes like that much, at least with the offense. Like – He's dancing around, dancing around, and then he's just firing it in there and sort of these short throws. I think the Raiders are able to keep this close enough, and I think this is a game, you know, you come off a Raiders a poor effort here in this last game. I think they keep it close enough here. You know, I'd love it if it got to 10, of course, but, I mean, at Fox bet it's 9, at points bet it's 9, so probably closer to there than it would be to 10. I think you'd see a lot of sharps hammer it if it got to there. But I still like them at 9.5, but I do like the under as well at 48.5. I mean, the Chiefs are content to rely on their defense and their defense is playing very well right now. So this strikes me as a not close Joe, but closer than people expect lower scoring game. So I think we're on the same side on the total. Let's go to the Cowboys visiting the football team. The Cowboys on the road are laying four total here is 48 and a half. Washington is uh, they're on a roll here, Joe. I mean, they're relying on that uh, run game here with Gibson. They have no problem giving him the ball. They've got the defense, despite the loss of Chase Young, playing pretty well overall, well-coached. Cowboys here are, uh, you know, a little hit or miss, but they come off the win against the Saints. What do you think? I think this number should be six on the side of the Dallas Cowboys. I think the line is wrong here, personally. And whenever I think the line is wrong, then I want to jump on it right away. (laughs) So I actually think the Cowboys with the four is great. Uh, Because, yes, what you're seeing is a Washington team that is very competitive and they play hard, but I just think that they're going to be outmatched here. I think if you look at some of these games that Washington's played of late, you know, some of the competition, they always play the Tampa Bay Bucks tough. I don't know why they just do some weird teams just have better teams numbers. It's just a fact of life. Sometimes I can't tell you how many frustrating times I used to watch amazing Patriot teams go into Miami and get their rear ended hand into them for no reason. And we all look at each other like, what just happened? Why are we losing in Miami? I don't understand. Right. Tom Brady doesn't like the heat. Apparently, it's fine because now he plays in Tampa and he wins Super Bowls there. 
But to me, this Dallas offense, especially with a healthy CD lamb, you can really, you know, air it out here. And they've had some injuries to this defense in Washington. So Washington's done an outstanding job. They're a well-coached team. They have great effort. Antonio Gibson, you're right, has looked good. But to me, it's the Cowboys and it's the over in this one. And I think this is actually going to be a very fun fantasy game to be a part of. But the 40 and a half, I like the over. And the four I like right now because I think the number should be five and a half or six for the Dallas Cowboys. I think they are, especially with a little bit extra time to rest, I think they are favorites in this game. And I know it's on the road and that's probably why you're getting the four. But I just feel like the line's wrong, Dan. Yeah, I don't know, man. I don't love it. Um, I either side of the spread. I, I'm not running to take Washington whatsoever. Um, I just don't have a good bead right now on the Cowboys. They look a little disjointed. But what you should have really for the first time, Joe, I think, is everybody kind of healthy for the Cowboys on their offense, right? Like at least in terms of the skill players, because Amari Cooper, we knew he'd be limited last week, right? We knew that he wouldn't be getting the normal snap count. Zeke at times running looked like me running, right? Like just sort of like <laughs> trying to to not hurt himself. But he did loosen up a little bit as the game went on. And again, Pollard looks good. So they should have all their offensive weapons. I could see that. One of the reasons why I don't love the over is because Washington is so run heavy and so conservative. I mean, Washington is able to put together these long drives because every single time they gain a first down, they're gaining 13 yards, right? So it's like one of these things where they take three plays to gain 13 yards three more plays to gain 14 yards before you know it. They have a 10 minute drive going on where they settle for a field goal. So I, I don't lean the over of anything. I lean the under, but it's probably more of a stay away, but a divisional game, man. I don't know. I don't want to bet against Washington right now. So let's just stay away. There's from me. Go one ahead. more piece to, to keep in mind here is Landon Collins being out because Landon yep. Collins is playing very well uh -huh. and he was very versatile. He's a guy that plays safety. You can play linebacker. Like he's, he's a guy that you could get a lot out of. I yeah. think this is the game where that gets exposed because okay. I don't think they've hit a, uh, since that injury, I don't think they've had somebody on their schedule where they look at it and go, okay, really got to, like, you got to worry about Dallas. <laughs> Throw the football on you big time. So I think that's where kind of the rubber meets the road here in this one. And I think that's where, you know, the combination of Chase Young in the pass rush and the combination of, um, of Lana Collins being out too, I think that's a bad combination for this particular matchup. Seahawks visiting the Texans. The Seahawks are laying seven and a half with a total of 42 <laughs> and a half. Uh, we've got no Terod Taylor. It doesn't really matter right now. He's going to be out for this game. So you got Davis Mills. The Seahawks riding high after their big win over the 49ers. Saved, quote unquote, their season. But laying more in a touchdown here. What do you think? I think Terod Taylor is Charlie Brown. I just, I feel so terrible for Terod yeah. Taylor. Like, nothing ever works out for this guy. Mm -hmm. <sighs> Good grief. Good grief, Mr. Taylor. <laughs> I just want something. Yeah. You know, this one scares the hell out of me because theoretically, yeah, Seattle should go in there and just blow their doors off. But I have zero confidence in Seattle right now. So mm -hmm. this game feels kind of like a stay away of anything to me. Maybe I go to the under on the 42 because the ineptitude of the Houston offense, that's probably the safest thing here rather than to screw around it all with the seven and a half because who knows what happens in garbage time in some of these games or or if Seattle can even hold the lead. I, I don't know. All I know is the 42 and a half, even though it's a very low number, feels like the safest investment here. But this is not a game that I feel good about investing because Seattle has given me very little confidence despite a big win last week. That's great. There's still a lot of issues with this team. And once again, big in-division game, big emotional win. Then you go on the road against Houston. Do you come yeah. out flat? And if you do, that certainly helps with this under. Um, I think if I'm going to have a plan this game, I'll tease the Seahawks down. Like to That's fair. one. So, I mean, at DraftKings, is one. It's seven. So I could tease them to one. But at one and a half, maybe that's it. Other than that, 
no, I don't want to force myself to watch this game. I don't want to have to be relying on the Seahawks to cover more than seven point spread, even though gun to my head, Joe, I mean, I, I'd probably take them at seven and a half just because I think the more plausible that the, the Texans are so bad, like they're so bad and they, they look disinterested right now, which is understandable completely. Um, but it's a game that I think the Seahawks could, as Wilson gets a little healthier, a little more accurate. I could see them trying to use this as a as a jumping off point for DK Metcalf, trying to throw a little bit, get their passing game right in the game. They should win handily. So probably stay away from me. If anything, I'll tease the Seahawks down. Lions visiting the Broncos fresh off the giant win for the Lions. Uh, the total is 42. They are getting eight points here in Denver from the Broncos. Uh, you know, the Broncos are, again, you know, they look pretty terrible. Uh, against the Chiefs. They lost that game handily. They need to bounce back here. I mean, letdown spot for the Lions, Joe, after the big win or what? <laughs> well, the Lions have been competitive in a lot they of games. They have been, yes. Like, they, they play hard. The problem with the Lions is they don't have talent. So the they don't match up well, and then they always end up falling short, and the quarterback play doesn't help them, and they don't have weapons, and DeAndre Swift's injury doesn't help. Um, you know, if <laughs> you're going gonna to laugh at this, but if Melvin Gordon's out for this game too, I like the Denver side because I think Javante Williams looks that good in this backfield and yeah. they have so much trouble there with the run that I think Javante's could just run a muck on them. If Gordon's back in this mix and you get more of that 60-40-50-50 split, I actually like the Detroit side. So this is a game that I think you wait for a little bit more news until you have it. Uh, but my initial instinct right now is to take the eight points in Detroit because – Denver is not exactly a world-beating offense, no matter what. Um, and it feels like Detroit, once again, you know, they just got rewarded for their competitiveness. Yeah. But yes, a very emotional game. But I, I think that they are better than some of the two and three win teams that are out there, Detroit. At least the way they've played this year sure. in terms of effort level. So I'll take the eight points with Detroit right now. I, that's my instinct, Dan. The 42, uh, I mean, it, my instinct says over. Uh, in this one, too, because the Denver defense can be very inconsistent at times. But what do you think about this line so far? think uh, I, I don't love it, but if I had to go one way, it would be the Lions. I, you know, because that just betting on the Broncos to beat a team by more than a touchdown right now just seems foolhardy. Like, just that, I mean, they can, of course, and they have, but just to have confidence in them being able to do that, just, I don't have it. And the Lions, like, you're right, Joe. The biggest thing with the Lions is they will play hard, and we make fun of Dan Campbell, but that team plays hard to the very end. Four quarters, end. baby. Four quarters, baby. All the time. So the total, I don't want to get near. Uh, I assume the Broncos are going to win this game, but uh, I think the Lions are going to play. And, you know, Teddy looks banged up, you know, you know, just generally battling through. They haven't found a way to utilize any of their wide receivers, unfortunately, as good as, uh, you know, all those guys are. So... Strikes me as a game that the Broncos probably win by like, you know, somewhere between three and seven. Um, so I'd probably take the Lions, but not a game I'm running to take. Uh, what about the Chargers, Joe, at home here <laughs> <laughs> against the Giants? Uh, the consensus 10 and a half. There's 10s out there. but There's a lot of 10 and a half. Total is 45 and a half. I guess the thought is we're going to get Jake Fromm. I, I guess um, because Daniel Jones is all but ruled out right now. I've got Mike Lennon with the concussion. But you have Keenan Allen out, um, most likely. not. He's on the COVID list. He did test positive. So I don't know if he's vaccinated or, or if we've heard anything on that. But I guess he's not technically ruled out yet for this weekend. But I assume that he's probably going to be out. It's 10 and a half. I mean, you feel like they could maybe score no points offensively, Joe, and still find a way to win this game just based on their defense. But what do you think here at 10 and a half? Uh, you know, I don't usually like these huge numbers, typically speaking. Um, but 
what's going on with the Giants offense. And it's not even just the quarterback. I mean, the quarterback play is enough right now, right? Yeah. Just to downgrade potentially to Jake Fromm or Mike yep. Lennon or any of those guys. And then you throw in that Shepard's been hurt and Tony's been hurt and nobody's practicing together. Nobody's working together. And Galladay has been a complete bust. And Saquon Barkley is, you know, just uninspiring at this point in this offense. I think the 10 and a half, actually, I love to lock in the 10 wherever I could. Yep. Before you get to the hook, yep. <laughs> that's what I would like There's to do. There's a couple that's spots out there. Are a couple spots out there where it's ten. Yeah, um, take, take the ten where you could get the ten. Okay, and take the Chargers because, yeah. like I said, it's just there's so many issues here, and and when you don't have your personnel working together on the field, and then you have lesser personnel leading it at quarterback, that is a really tough sell to go on the road cross country and play a team like the Chargers who has a really good pass rush, right? Like Bose is going to be on top of whoever's playing quarterback most likely. Right. And then on top of which they're a very opportunistic secondary, like they're they're hit and miss, which is why the Chargers are 7 and 5 and don't have 8 or 9 wins is because right. sometimes they play a little fast and loose on the defensive side of the football. And because of that, what I believe is that you're going to probably in this game where you don't have a great offense, the fast and loose is going to work because the Giants are going to make a mistake. So I think I'd lock in the 10 where I could get rid of the hook and take the chargers, ignore the over under because you have no idea what you're going to get right. out of. The right. Well, that that's the thing. People would be tempted. This like, Oh, it's going to be a blowout. Let's take the chargers. Right. But for this to happen, you have to get the New York giants to do their part. I have concerns if the giants can do their part in this game, depending on who's playing quarterback. Therefore go to the 10, stay away from the over under. Uh, I agree. The 10 right now is at BetMGM. It's at FoxBet. Uh, our books, Joe, are at 10 and a half. Um, yeah, I'd go with the Chargers, but it's, you know, it's a, such a bizarre game here with everything that's going on. Um, people who listen to this podcast regularly know which way I'm going to go in this game. Joe, this is the 49ers visiting the Bengals. Uh, both teams off tough losses here. Uh, you know, the 49ers kept it close. Bengals just got, you know, their butts kicked um, in this game by the Chargers. 49ers here are getting a point in Cincinnati, Joe, and the total is 47 and a half. What do you think about this one? This is the fascinating game of the week, right? This this screams run away. But if you want to take a stand here, the only thing that even gives me pause here with the Bengals is that pinky of Joe Burrow. Because it sounds like, oh, it's a pinky. It's a big, it is a big deal. Because you could see the pain that he had on the sidelines trying to oh, throw yeah. the football and work through it. And that's that. That, that finger that when you throw the football, it really gives you that that control at the very end there that helps with that spiral. So that is something that is concerning to me. Now, is it concerning enough to go the San Francisco side? For me, no, because I'm not a big fan of the 49ers this year. I think they've fallen into everything breaking right. Debo Samuel's health has a lot to do with this game. If Debo's back in this game, that makes me stay away from it. But if he's out of this game, I would, you know, favor the Cincinnati side. It's very tricky. Uh, I think you're looking at the lines too. You're getting the minus 110 on the one and you're getting minus 15 for the Bengals to win outright. So you might as well just take the point if you think. Like there's no reason, there's no incentive to just take the Bengals to win on the money line. It just doesn't exist. So you might as well just go ahead and take the one and go ahead and, and take Cincinnati at home and take, because they, they did show up eventually in that game sure. against the Chargers. They did. And then there were a couple moments like Jamar Chase didn't come down up with that ball if he does. Right. It's maybe a it's very a different, different game if he, It's right. a very, right. So there were moments there where they did play catch up, but it just, they fell short. And this is what a young team has where they go sure. through these growing pains where they're really, you know, they have really good talent. They, you know, start beating the Pittsburgh Steelers, right? But then they don't understand that you have to prepare and let that go for the next week. And it doesn't matter. That team is going to come in. You're building this competitive. They're going to whoop your ass. So I think that 
San Francisco is a perfect example of, okay, now you got to be ready. You're going to let two West Coast teams here back to back. Whoop you at home? I don't think so. So I, I like the Cincinnati side of this one too. How, how do you feel about this one? Because this one's very close. I basically have spent four weeks in a row fading the Bengals. And it, it mostly has not worked out. Um, it, did this <laughs> pa- it, it did this past week. Um, I think the Bengals are a very, very overrated team. Um, I think the 49ers are a much better team. Just just putting aside everything. And again, I, you know, uh, I look at DVOA. I think it's just like a very easy sort of just general way to look at the teams. The 49ers total, total DVOA, seventh. The Bengals are 18th. Like, I, I think that's just a very, very simple way to look at the fact that the 49ers are a much better team. Now, the 49ers, Joe, you noted, don't know if we're going to get Debo back. When you get a one to two week injury, Joe, I always take the over. So I assume he's going to be out this week. You also have Elijah Mitchell. My guess is he's not going to play this week because he got the big hit, came back in the game, and then subsequently the next day has concussion symptoms. That's bad. They also don't have Jeff Wilson. That's bad because he had the knee flare up. Trey Sermon's on IR. So you might have Jermichael Hasty and Kyle Juszczyk, and that's it in the run game. That really hurts. But this is a better team. You got the pinky, Joe, which you met if the, if word is bad. You know, I, what I heard about Burrow, Joe, with the pinky is he he's optimistic he can play through it. That's not what you want to hear. You want to hear this is nothing. I'm totally fine. Let's go. Um, so the fact that he does have that, I think if word leaks that it's bad, that's bad. So this is a West Coast team, again, as you mentioned, Joe, coming east. But the Chargers didn't seem to have any problem. And also, this is a 425 game, which I think makes it a lot easier for their internal class, right, to sort of do that. So I'm on the 49ers here. My guess is I will be taking them on Wednesday, on uh, Thursday, on our best bet show, uh, because I am I am at this point fading the Bengals pretty hard. But that is just how Dan Harris does it this year, and it has not always worked well, out. I you and I would have agreed last week on fading, on fading the Bengals. You were on the Chargers as well. I was very much on the Chargers, okay. because whenever right. you have that big emotional victory for an individual opponent, especially the Steelers, that have been a team that's been whooping on you, and that was the third time in a row that they beat the Pittsburgh Steelers, and they beat them at halftime. That game was over. It was 30 to 3 oh, at half. I was on the Steelers, by the way, on that game, too, because I I, I, I fade the Bengals. But, yeah, they that's, but a, that's after a letdown that, spot, right? You yeah. have to know that there's going to be that we're going to come out flat at least. Yeah. And the Chargers, you know, we're not going to come out flat. The Chargers are going to are a very well-coached team. And, and Staley's done a really good job there. I really like him as yes. a football coach. I, I think that's a team that, you know, everyone always makes fun of the Chargers are going to charge and all that stuff. I think you could throw that away. I don't think that's... Uh, what Brandon Staley is about and the preparation there, I think is very good. And they're still yeah. in a lot of ways, a young team that's got to learn how to win. And last week I think was a, a really good, you know, fork in the road for them in the right direction. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, it's a good one coming up, Joe. The bills are visiting the box. The bucks are laying a field goal 52 and a half with the total here, Joe. Uh, you know, look, the bills right now are a little bit of crossroads here, Joe. They're seven and five. Like they are seven and five at this point. That that's miraculous to think about. Their offense has really not been able to get going. I put aside the the wind game, and and they're going to be singing after that one. Like their offense has not been able to get it done. They obviously lost Tre'Davious White for the season. That's a huge loss to their defense. The Bucks nine and three continue to roll. No Antonio Brown, but it doesn't really matter. They can get it done any which way. How do you feel about this one? Yeah, it doesn't matter because Chris Godwin had 15 catches. Right, exactly. Rob Gronkowski had a dozen catches. So yes. what does it matter? Right. Um, uh, hopefully there won't be hurricane winds in Tampa. Like hopefully they can get rid of any kind of wind here back-to-back weeks here. Yeah, that's for them. But the that. white injury is huge because that secondary was really the strength of the defense. And we take away your number one corner. Everybody moves up a slot. And number one corners are number one corners. And the reason 
and not every team has a number one corner. And and again, we talk so much on the fantasy side of things about offense. And I think you, that filters into so much of our wagering. We don't talk enough about defense on both sides, whether it be betting, whether it be fantasy. We don't talk about what that impact is. And right now, that injury is going to absolutely show up in this game against Tom Brady. Because when you have an injury to the secondary like that, when you have a situation where you have a quarterback that's that good in terms of finding the open guy, this could be a really long day here. And Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer are great players and all of them. I'm not taking anything away from those dudes. I love them. But this is tough here because Buffalo kind of suffers from the same problem that the Chiefs are suffering from, which is when you become one-dimensional, you become predictable. And when you become predictable, you become beatable in the NFL. And that's what's happened to both of these teams. Offensively, they become predictable. Now, the Chiefs starting to work in Clyde Edwards Alaire more, I think, is a good thing. But there is no CEH here for the Buffalo Bills. It ain't Matt Breida, okay? And it's and it's not Devin Singletary or Zach Moss. So it's really Josh Allen kind of feeling the load here. And, and I worry that that's a lot to put on him because when Josh Allen takes on too much, Josh Allen overplays and tries to get out of three tackles and then chuck the ball. And that's old, bad Josh Allen. Those are the old, bad habits. And if those habits come out against Tampa... You're going to see issues here and you're going to see, you know, Tampa can also get to the quarterback a little bit too. I don't know, man, for this one, I feel pretty confident in Tampa at this three. And, and it's, it's sad because I love Josh Allen. I love this Bills team. I was picking them to win the East this year, but this just feels like a seven and six situation when they are on that plane Sunday. Yeah, uh, I agree with you, Joe. I think you have to go with the Bucks right now. At the field goal. And again, it has nothing to do with last night. Like, they could have very easily won that game, obviously. And it was a crazy game. Dawson Knox dropped a bunch of passes and stuff like that. But it was just, I throw it out entirely. It's the mental state of last night's game. Yeah. That you lost at home to the Patriots. And that was the one you didn't want to lose because it was your home game. If you split, it's fine. But you want to win the one at home. Because that's the one that's a lock. And you feel better going into Tampa. Because then what happens is these losses start to mount. And yeah. you start you start winning, losing, winning, losing, and you start to have there's no confidence build. Yeah, that's the problem. If you go look in this game log for the Buffalo Bills, it's it's up and down, and that's not a good situation for them from a confidence standpoint. Yeah, to me, they're just playing poorly routinely, right? Like that's the bottom line. They they just they haven't played well in a while offensively as well. And you mentioned it; they have a little bit of the Chiefs syndrome where you know uh, opposing defenses start taking away the explosive plays. They can't run it. They don't like to go short, you know, that much and. Allen holds the ball a little too long. So, yeah, they are struggling right now, and it's just really difficult to see them on a short week going into Tampa and beating that team. So if you're getting three, like if, if you're just saying three, I agree with you, Joe. I, I think you got to go with the Bucks here. I think the Bills are still overrated in the market right now. Bears are visiting the Packers on Sunday night. Football 12 and a half right now uh, at 11 and a half for me at DraftKings. It, it's rare, Joe, I joke about this, where you see a giant spread and a total of 44. Like, uh, it's just, it's not not often. Um, Don't know who's going to be quarterback right now. It's a pain tolerance issue for Justin Fields at this point. Don't know if Allen Robinson's going to be back. Don't know if it matters. Um, and you've got, again, the Packers coming off the bye here. Aaron Jones is back. Devonta Adams is there. Um, Aaron Rodgers is there. And hopefully his foot, toe, feels a little better here. 12 and a half is a, a very big number, Joe, especially with a total that low. But uh, what do you think about it? Every fiber of my being after Aaron Rodgers keeps talking about how I own you. I own the Bears. I want to take the Bears so bad in this in the 12 and a half, but I, I can't do it. I just can't do it. Like he, the fact is he does owe them. He owns them until further notice. And 
this is not the game because of the health, as you just pointed out, the situation at quarterback, oh, everything going on there. And the defense for the Bears is respectable, but the problem is that the offense just continues to put them on the field too much and in bad situations. So it's a bad combination of things, and you can't do that with Aaron Rodgers, and you certainly can't do that on the road, you know, if you're the Bears. So uh, I hate saying 12.5 is safe, but I feel like 12.5 is actually pretty safe here in this one. So I would go with the 12.5. I would stay away from the 44, though. If anything, yeah. if anything, the over for the garbage time stuff. Like, 44 is too low in this game, too, because I think Green Bay – could put up 30 by themselves. And then you're right. not asking a lot of the bears at all. So that's yeah. something to keep in mind. So 44 over 12 and a half. If you can get it at 12 somewhere, take it but without the hook. It's 11 and a half for me at DraftKings. Um, but go. I probably, that's it, weird. Sort of the outlier in the market, which is good, by the way, I like it when books aren't just always in unison here, but uh, yeah, I mean, I think, there's no way I could take the Bears. I'm not touching the total. There's no way you could take the Bears right now. I'm with the Packers at home at Lambeau on Sunday night football, you know, in a nationally televised game. Like, you can just see them sort of, you know, crushing them. So if I go one way or the other, I probably will go with the Packers. It's not a game I really – I hate the big, like, spreads like that. I just automatically sort of have an aversion to, but whatever. Uh, last game, Monday night football, good one. Rams visiting the Cardinals. Spread is three. Total is 51 and a half. This is a big one here. This big is a one. playoff game. This is huge because um, Arizona having Kyler Murray back healthy last week or healthy enough to play at least last week. We don't know how healthy he really is, but he was on the field and he had four touchdowns. So uh, that's good enough for me. I don't know if it's good enough for you. So um, I'm going to take the Arizona side of this game because what I keep seeing from the Rams is they, they continue to be their own worst enemy. And it's kind of frustrating. Uh, I watched that game uh, against the Packers a few weeks ago where Sean McVay is calling uh, a fourth down going for it in their own 30 on the road in the first quarter. And I'm thinking to myself, who do you think you are? And this is why really good teams in the NFL sometimes lose because their head coach is too smart for their own good sometimes and makes stupid decisions and puts them behind. Sean McVay can have all the confidence in the world he wants against, you know, in his offense against whoever opponent, all that nonsense. But there's just things you do and things you don't do. And my concern is in this game on the road, Sean McVay is going to make a stupid decision at some point in time. And it's going to put them in a bad position and the Cardinals are going to take advantage of it. And I think it's time we start to put some respect on the Cardinals defense, too. This team has played very well defensively all year, despite every week, everybody waiting for the other shoe to drop. It just hasn't. And they've lost personnel year over year. I mean, Simmons has played terrific. They've, they've had a really good uh, year out of their linebacker core. The Rams, I think, are a better team on paper. But it just feels like, for whatever reason, them putting it together, and I don't care what happened this week against Jacksonville. Like, I don't care. You should stomp a mud hole in Jacksonville. You're a significantly better roster than them. That means absolutely nothing to me coming into this game. And I actually like Arizona here to win this game. So I'll take the, I will still take the three with Arizona because I think they can win by that much. But, Dan, I'm curious, would you take the Ram side and the points in this game? I don't think so. I think you're right. I think I'm on the same side as you. I, this is one where, you know, sometimes, Joe, I don't know about you, but sometimes I have a reaction to games early when I look at them right here as we do on Monday. And then as I dig into it as the week goes on, sometimes I change sides. I did that with Pittsburgh and Baltimore. When I first looked at the line, um, it was four, four and a half. I said, I just feels like the Ravens are going to be able to win this game pretty handily. But as I dug into it, by the end of the game, by the end of the week, I was on the I was on the Steelers and I had them in our app, by the way, our betting pros app where we can log our picks. This one, though, it does feel like the Cardinals and it just feels like with a healthy Kyler Murray with DeAndre Hopkins getting healthier, James Conner is playing great. The Rams look a little lost right now. And I think like they'll probably try to run the ball. Sort of, you know, you heard uh, McVay talking about the fact that they they liked 
the running style more, you know, what they did with Michelle, which was just sort of a downhill, you know, runner. And maybe Henderson gets back, so maybe they try to do that more. But obviously the loss of Robert Woods, I think, is, you know, bigger. Odell Beckham Jr. is, he's banged up. Like, he caught the touchdown pass, obviously, but he's banged up. Van Jefferson is fine. Cooper Cup's amazing. But I just don't know if they have the firepower right now to stick with the Cardinals offensively, which with Murray fully healthy, and I think they played this correctly, thankfully, in giving him so much time off after that ankle sprain, right? Because, you know, you heard him a game day decision two weeks in a row before the bye. And I was like, please don't play him. Please just let him rest, rely on Colt McCoy to win most of the games and be fun and then get him the bye and then get him healthy. And man, you saw what he looked like. He just, when he gets out of the pocket, he's just impossible to bring down right now. This is also it for the division. I mean, if they win this game, the division's over. Like, I mean, it, they'll still have to play because, again, the the one thing I like, to about these schedule changes, like, you got the one team getting the bye, like, that's going to mean the Packers and the Cardinals got to go full out, right, for the rest of the year. But this is it for the division. The Cardinals will lock up the division with the win, and I think they do right now. So I agree with you, Joe. I think if it's field goal, and again, it's under field goal at a couple of places. Fox bet, points bet, like it's two and a half. That I really like. Um, but at three, I think I like it as well. I think I'm with you, Joe. Well done. Um, all right, Joe, what's the uh, – that was our last game. What's the schedule here for the College Football Podcast? Just remind the uh, listeners well, what we're, we're doing. Gonna, well, first of all, it's been a glorious college football year for uh, yes. for Scott Bogman. Let's just put that out there. Uh, but then some really fun games last week. Alabama beating Georgia was uh, a fun game and beating them handily too. My goodness, that Georgia defense certainly yeah. ran up against a, an offensive line wall who heard all week about how they were going to be overmatched. Well, they weren't. And uh, Bryce Young had more time in the pocket and played the game of his career so far. So it was a great game for him. Yep. You know, a couple weeks ago, we had that Michigan game. You know, some great stuff's been going on in college football. So this week, we're going to take a week off, take a deep breath. And then we're every week here to close the year, we're going to have a, a bowl preview. So we have, I think, 15 games the first week or 13 games and then 15. I forget which number is which. So the next couple of weeks, we're going to be going week at a time with the bowl games. And then when we get to the college football playoffs, we'll do a special to close everything out on the national championship game. So we'll do not only picking the game, we'll probably talk a little bit about all the props in, inside the game and just have some fun and kind of close out the year. Or maybe look a little ahead, too, because there's already some uh, massive coaching changes that have gone on in the uh, college football world. But it's been a fun season. If you missed it, I don't know. I'm questioning your choices in life. Go check it out, man. Get into college football. It's fun. There's a saying uh, when you have kids, Joe, which is the uh, the days are long, but the years are short, right? Yes. Meaning that like when you're going through it every day, mm -hmm. like feels forever, but then you wake up and like the kids are like five years older, right? I feel that way a little bit with this football season, with this college football season, where I felt like every week it was sort of like, you know, all the work that we put in and everything on the betting side, especially just sort of, you know, grinding it out each week, going through the shows, blah, blah. And then I'm like, oh, my God. The season is over, and it, it just it, it feels like it went like that. Uh, you guys did a great job. I certainly enjoyed Bogman way more than you, but still, oh, Bogman was fantastic, obviously, in the college football side. We're going to keep going here with the NFL show, of course, until the end of the season. So for everybody listening, thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you for tuning in to the, um, to the college football podcast as well. Stick with us here. It's going to be good. We'll be back on Thursday with our best bets. I will talk to you.